All right, hey everybody, uh, welcome to uh, Phoenix Alameda. If you're looking for a co-working space in Alameda, uh, don't work from home. You can work here. It's uh, phoenixalameda.com. Uh, so thanks to our hosts. And if you ever need to get up and use a bathroom, it's through that door. Uh, if you need to get up and move around or take any calls or do anything, uh, that's it. Um, I think that's it as far as rules. Uh, if you fall asleep... Or you uh, snore, we won't shame you. That's like the one rule is no snore shaming. So if you're snoring loudly, we'll laugh, but we won't uh, we won't judge you. I guess it's a we'll laugh with you, not at you. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and friends beyond the binary, it's time for the podcaster who's going to be. Uh, I have terrible news for bubble blowing, actually, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, we'll get to that later, I guess. It's been a rough night for bubble blowers everywhere, uh, but it, it's time for the podcast. We'll be serving up the lulls like uh, an amuse-bouche uh, made of nothing, I think, because that's what they're made of. It's time for Sleep With Me, uh, the podcast and live show that puts you to sleep. And normally on the podcast, I have the services of a mystery bard. Uh, last time I had two younger people help me out with this. Uh, so this time we'll see how it goes. Those of you that have never been to a show, please bear with me. Uh, mystery bard. A lot of people help out on this show. Who are they? Now I have to sing for the mystery bard because he's not here. I am, uh, oh wait, uh, Chris Posty Posterson from Sounds Like an Earful wrote the theme song. Edits episodes, yeah. Carl W's a legend. Also edits episodes. Scotty and Je Kenny, Scotty and Jennifer on our on our on our artwork. Eric and the team at Astound around the website. I am the mystery bard. I do the lullabies, yeah. Uh, he just he says different things at different times. You can commission a song. I'll write a song for you. Any reason at all. You could tell me the story. I'll make it personal. You see the kindness shined straight on through. The listeners form their own Facebook group. Keith, Julie, Jennifer, uh, Stacy, and Sarah. Those are your not a raiders. You can support Dear Scooter on Patreon via the merchant support the sponsors. You buy anything you want. It's sweetwithmepodcast.com. And we're so proud we could dance to be a part of Night Vale Presents. And now on with the show. Uh, thanks, Mr. Bard. That's, that's great. This is melodious as always. Uh, I'm at Dear Scooter on Twitter and Instagram. That's where you can find me. And uh, let's get on with the show. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing? Turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep. Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast and live show that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in your bed or your poof or your chair. I guess there's no beds here, but get in your chair or your big Joe uh, or your uh, yellow floaty thing, your couch. Just get comfortable we lowered the lights and I uh, kind of pressed play. Uh, we do with the bedtime story. All you need to, oh, that's the part. I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing, creaky dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents uh, to, to, to kind of create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake uh, or, in this case, kind of the day. 
the we you know it's they could the Wednesday gets a bad rap uh because it's like everybody makes memes about it and stuff but uh so we'll leave we'll, we'll leave Wednesday behind or we'll rest in the in the arms of uh, Wednesday evening uh, what else? Uh, send my voice across deep, dark, neck, lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders. Yeah, basically, if you're new now, I know there's a decent amount of people that have never been to a show tonight. So welcome. And, uh, maybe, uh, you might be wondering what, what you're doing here and what to expect. It's basically, uh, like the podcast, you could just get comfortable and listen tonight. We're going to be telling a story. Uh, it's a new version of an old story that you all had uh, played a part in. And normally, like during this part of the live show and the podcast, I try to come up with like a metaphor for uh, like what the podcast is, how it works and all that stuff. And I had a list of metaphors that I was going to use tonight. I was thinking about using uh, whatever that Harry Potter game is that, that uh, I mistakenly put on my phone. Your Wizards United. Then I was thinking about sand toys because tonight's a sand themed episode. And then I ran, I tallied these results and, uh, it was, it was, uh, I'm going to send these off to Stockholm later. Uh, and they're going to, and, and, but bubble blowing got, it didn't do well, uh, which is surprising. So they normally, I try to come up with a metaphor and I say, okay, what, what would be a good way to describe the podcast? Cause it's kind of being gentle. So I thought I'd try to call in bubble blowing because I did a rehearsal today and I had, I said, well, somebody's going to choose bubble blowing. I said, don't worry. Like we're going to, I guess we're going to run through the, the live show. We're going to go through the list. We're going to go through the intro. We'll test out that. Oh, cause sand, a bag, you know, the bag that you hold sand toys in. That was another metaphor for the show tonight. And I said, don't worry, bubble blowing. You're going to do great. And. Uh, bubble blowing said, I don't even know if I could go to the show because it's just, I, I've never, I don't know, like, like you never talked about me on the podcast before. You, I don't know if anybody's from Alameda that's seen Kenny the Clown. He has like 45 bubble machines hooked up to like six car batteries when he's at a street fair. So bubble blowing kind of had like a little bit of, uh, like whatever that is where you feel, I don't know what the version of emasculate, I don't think you can emasculate a bubble, but this, you know, feeling, feeling deflated, I guess that's how you do it. How do you emasculate a bubble? That's just so easy. Um, so I said, okay, well, you could just stay home with Ko and my dog and get comfortable and I'll, I'll just tell you how it goes. Like I, I said, the listeners are going to love you. You know, we're going to have, it's not a vote. It's not like a popularity contest. Like people are just write down what they want. There's a little story menu. And, you know, I, you know it's, we're not, I mean, I, I guess I wasn't, I didn't know I was going to keep track of how many people voted for what. Uh, but, you know, when I get home tonight, I'll say, you know, hey, and then bubble blowing. I'll say, how'd the live show go? I say pretty good. Like it was fun. You know, it was a, it was a, it was, it was nice. We did it. You, oh, uh, so did you talk about me and all? Oh yeah, I did at the, during the show. Well, during the intro, like, why don't you sit down? Um, you know, some people just don't understand. You know, I, what I think it was is like that it was confusing the way I wrote it. Like bubble blowing is not the same as enjoying blown bubbles. Or running around with bubbles as they, you know, and having fun with them. So that's probably why no one voted for you. I, I mean, I just, I, I mean, I could double check. 
Nope. 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 But, you know, like, why don't you, what I'll do is I'll tell you a bedtime story tonight because I'm sure it just doesn't mean anything. It, 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 they might've been thinking about blowing bubble with gum is what I think a lot of people thought, right? Everybody. And it was like, well, then if you blow a bubble with gum, you get it on your face. You weren't thinking about those soap bubbles and how nice that thing. And, and also I think, no offense to kids, but you know, kids parties have kind of ruined bubble blowing because you go and they get, they give, give away usually like a tiny thing of bubbles. And I think people, we were experiencing time, like that was like one of the, the great, not the bubble. We need a bubble glut is what we need to learn to appreciate bubbles more. But, you know, tonight I'll tell bubble blowing the story of the happiest bubble on earth. And uh, the moral of the story for the bubble will be it's you. The bubble snuggled up with a human being. Uh, and so that's kind of what the podcast is normally supposed to do. Without all that bad news stuff, I, I guess I have to work on my skills of like, I said, well, I didn't expect no one to get no votes because it's, it's not a popularity contest, but I don't know what the opposite of popularity is, but uh, don't worry about it. Like uh, what I could do, we could just blow, I'll just blow some bubbles with you. Um, so the whole idea of the podcast is to take your mind off of stuff. And I don't think if bubble blowing was here, I'd be talking about something else. I'd be saying, you know, I'd be talking about uh, sand bag, the kind of bag, the bag you carry sand toys in, and why, why would like what if you brought that in the living room? So to take bubble blowing's mind off of stuff. But I make the podcast because when I try to go to sleep, a lot of times I get like bubble blowing where I worry if it's a popularity contest or I overthink I'll overthink I said Drew what were you doing man how how could you not test why didn't you test that out like you you should have thought about bubble like what kind of person doesn't think about bubble blowing's feelings you know all the glory votes like sandcastles and rock collecting and beachcombing and holes and swimming and water balloon tossing you know, you do well, and it wasn't even at the bottom. So I don't know when we we'll see what the experts at Stockholm say about this when they run all their tests, and they also analyze your handwriting uh, to see if that corresponds at all. Uh, but the main thing is, I'm glad you're here. Uh, and if you've ever had trouble sleeping or you're having trouble leaving your day behind or you're stuck in a bubble related metaphor, uh, I, I want you to know that that's why I make the show to keep you company, uh, and to let you know you're not alone. Now, this particular style of episode we're going to do tonight, uh, originated I did it once before, and, and this one will be a little bit different. A lot of times I like it, like to do like a guided meditation. And I thought this episode, I had this one episode where I did guided meditation. as like a, a, what it would be like to be a snowflake, right? And then I was like, oh, I'll do one for sand. But as I thought about sand and as I started to work on this episode about sand, 
I realized that one of the biggest experiences of sand, and as I interviewed thousands and thousands of grains of sand, is uh, that they're really uh, a viewer of experience. So with that in mind, I want you to just focus on, you know, your connection to the floor or your chair or your, what you know, wherever you are, just sink a little bit in deeper and you're going to start to notice that all around you are other grains of sand, you know, at a comfortable distance in this case, and you're nestled in there. You're one among many, but you got, you got a nice seat. This particular grain of sand we've been working with has a really good view. Uh, you know, no optometrist talks about the eyesight of grains of sand, but they, they don't have a 360 degree view. But whatever part isn't covered up by other sand, you know, especially this grain of sand that you are right now as you get more comfortable, you, you got, you know, almost like a dome view, almost like a, a IMAX planetarium view of the world. And you're just coming to uh, consciousness right now and you're noticing that you're feeling the day around you. You're hearing the wind. It's gentle. It's more of a breeze. And the water is lapping against something. And, and you start to think, okay, I'm a grain of sand. I'm on a beach. You, you're, 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 the world comes into a little bit more focus. And again, the water, it's uh, the waves are so gentle. They're just swishing as they touch the shore. And then they're making like a sound as they flow back out. And you're just kind of feeling that rhythm. You, you know, maybe you don't believe that sand breathes, but I do. So your, bre your breathing is falling in line with that swishing. And it, it's not warm or cool right now. Uh, you, you really couldn't peg the time of day because you're just lying there. It's light out, but there's no direct sun on you. But then you hear someone uh, just a distance up on a bluff yelling, uh, saying, uh, well, let's see how I can put it in. So take the, the frigging kids to the beach. It's 11 o'clock already. So then you know it's 11 o'clock. And for some reason, that makes sense to you. You, you also are looking and you could see that uh, this water is a western facing water so the horizon is clear it has a couple of wispy clouds out there the water is very very calm but not mirror like it has a tiny ripple to it and you look to the east and there's a bluff a beach it turns into a bluff, and then there's houses up on the bluff and trees reaching up into the sky. And the sun is just slowly starting to peek through the mid-level of the trees. And then you start to hear a boat engine uh, in the distance getting closer. It's not a whine, because a whine is kind of a... a you know, it, but it's a, it's a positive version of a whine, uh, a hum and a drone, I guess, together, and it's getting louder and louder. And you can hear the ripples on the water reflected in the sound of the hull of the boat pitter-pattering against the water. 
And then you start to hear some activity and you turn back to the bluff. There's a set of stone stairs leading down to you. And there's a line of children and they're walking very deliberately. They're, uh, you know, it's tough to tell how old kids are, you know, especially in a sleep podcast. But there's like little kids and then there's a couple tiny kids and then there's a couple of taller kids like you might call tweens. And they're all, they're all able to walk on their own. And a couple of them are holding on to the rail as they come down these stairs. But again, you've been, you know, you're a grain of sand. You just retained consciousness today for today. But in the past, uh, maybe you're a collective too. You see kids don't normally walk this kind of neatly. And then you see behind them an adult male who kind of, at first glance, you just think buffoon when you see him. Uh, he has on a, a beach towel, but it's turned instead of the uh, cartoony side of the beach towel. He has the white underside wrapped around him above his waist like a like an apron or something. And then he has uh, two towels slung over his arm like he's a waiter and he's following the children down the stairs. Uh, and then uh, in his other hand, he has a a tray with uh, some sort of bottle on it or something. And he's kind of doing a terrible imitation of like a French person muttering, uh, you know, something like that. And the the kids are all again, walking down and they get down to the beach. uh, And uh, the, the, the uncle comes up behind them. He said, okay, children. Okay. Welcome, 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 welcome to this restaurant. So good to see you. Thank you for coming. I see you're all in swimsuits and swim shirts and swim shoes and you've uh, that you've got the dress code for our restaurant tonight. Uh, but uh, you seem to be remiss. Now, I'm just your, I'm merely your maid of D, but I need to make sure you're ready for the the evening, the evening of experience you're going to have, even though it's at daytime, pre-afternoon, that's the prime time for our restaurant. I, uh, you're all missing one main part of our dress code, which is sunscreen, which I have here. Not just any sunscreen, but the finest sunscreen. Uh, sunscreen so rare you cannot purchase it legally here in America. It's the world, the sought after, the the, the, the illegally imported uh, European NOAD. It's uh, only for use in Europe because it's proven to be 100% safe and effective. Uh, but we have it here for your, your uh, sunscreen. So come on, children. I want you to get in line. And I know you're familiar with the very famous uh, train car. Uh, sunscreen back application. So the children line up and they get in one behind each other and they start rubbing the sunscreen as the uncle squeezes it and splats it into their palms and they start doing one another's shoulders and backs. And he says, make sure you get the backs of the arms and the back of the armpit. Those are two easy places to miss. And then the, the, the starts to you know, do the, tell the children to pretend they're kneading their arms and they apply the sunscreen to their arms and 
to their neck and to their ears. It's a whole thing. It's a, it takes a while, you know, and he's constantly using different methods, but of course the tops of the feet, the backs of the ankles, sides of the ankles, the calves, they all get the attention they need. And, uh, then the kids, it's a, they start, he keeps trying to gamify it. Uh, uh, but then the kids, they actually start looking at one another. And the one downside of uh, European NOAD uh, is that it's, you know, high in uh, titanium oxide and zinc oxide. So it's mostly like a white clown makeup, uh, but, but it's really works. And uh, so the kids have a laugh and the uncle says, don't worry, don't worry. It, it'll, 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 it, it, it slowly uh, gets absorbed, uh, until you get wet. So the kids, uh, thing, and then the uncle says, well, so glad to have you here at the restaurant. Uh, I'm glad that now you're all dressed properly, you know, have a seat, do not go near the water, uh, or you will not be able to eat lunch. I'm going to go get, uh, your hostess for the evening and, uh, you know, you know, we'll continue on. So the uncle goes up the stairs and, uh, he's gone for a few minutes and the kids start looking at one another and, uh, they, you start tossing some stones into the water and going up to the edge of the water and, and saying, you know, just, just tempting fate, wanting to dip their toes in. But again, the, the sun isn't quite there yet. And then, the, then someone comes back down the stairs in a bathrobe, uh, with a like broom on their head, uh, or no, what are those called? Mops, uh, a mop head, and it's it's really the uncle, but he looks like a he's wearing a, a mop head as a, a wig and a, a robe. And he comes down the stairs with a bit of a, a sachet. And he says, Oh, hello. Hello. Welcome to my restaurant. Welcome to my restaurant, children. I'm, I'm Sandy Shoals. Welcome to Sandy Shoals. It used to be Sandy Shores, but there's a kid's game, a video game that took that uh, title. But welcome to Sandy Shoals restaurant. Uh, I'm so glad that all of you are here. You look lovely in all of your sunscreen. And uh, we have a very, we, we did have a seven course menu tonight, but we cut it down to six courses. And I'm really, really excited to serve all of you. Uh, really fun. And then the kids, they're not having it. They say, when can we get, can we go swimming? Can we go swimming? Can we go swimming? Can we go swimming? Oh, oh, children, it's, it's much too cold to go swimming. That's, that's much later on the menu. So we're going to start off uh, with some very exciting work. So everyone have a seat. Uh, I just want to look at you and enjoy your presence and buy some time. And, and the kids, they start to sit on. And a, a lot of beaches, uh, especially ones with stone staircases, have this, uh, like, if you want to talk about something that's not treated with respect, I'd say it's like beach furniture. Uh, like it's, I guess, neglect would be the right word. Uh, so there's neglected beach furniture there. And there's actually, it's multi-generational. I mean, I'd lo love to see like an anthropologist report about uh, beach furniture because there's a one chair that has the very old-fashioned seatbelt design, the crisscrossed seatbelts. 
it's not they're not it's like a little bit thinner than a seatbelt material and then there's a lounge chair with what is like those tubes uh, they're flat tubes and those are pretty comfortable uh, but they also make you sweat profusely but a couple of kids are sitting on that one that one's a uh, like a electric blue and a, a hot magenta color and then there's a, a a couple of newer ones that are made from that same uh, seatbelt like cloth, but the whole chair is like that. And then there's a couple like combination chair uh, coolers that are like low to the ground that even the kids won't sit in. I don't I don't know who came up with those, um, but uh, the kids are there. And then Sandy uh, does a little walk, and she says tonight the first serving is going to be uh, the digging of holes. Uh, so I want all of you children to just close your eyes. Now picture the beach in your mind, and this is a, this beach is about fifteen feet from the water to the where the grass and stuff starts to grow, and there's some rocks and stuff. And just pick what spot you're going to go to and begin to dig, because we're going to start off with digging. We're going to work up an appetite for the water, but it's also the perfect time because there's no no sun. You know, the sand is going to be the perfect temperature for hole digging. And the kids all set the place in their mind and, and Sandy says, okay, go ahead, go, go off to your holes. And the kids just start to dig. And, and it, again, just like uh, taking a poll for a story menu, it's amazing the diversity of choices. So one child goes right down to the edge of the water and sits down so their butt's right in the water. And then another child goes right to the top of the beach and the kids are spread out and Sandy's, oh, look at those choice. I'd love where you chose to dig. Now, before I see some of you are digging, but before you start digging, before you partake of the earth and the sand, I want you all to hold your hands out and I want you to look at your fingernails and study your fingernails and take a picture with your mind of what your fingernails look like because that's what your mother's going to expect your fingernails look like tonight uh, or when you go for lunch. And, and we will return those fingernails to that state. So remember it. And the kids just stare at Aunt Sandy and she says, no, we have plenty of bars of soap down here and you can do the, you know, that's it's not like it's in someone's bathroom. So you can dig your nails into the soap. Don't worry right now, children. And now begin to dig. And the kids, they start to dig in the sand. And the first dig of sand is always like, uh, I mean, that's your glory sand right there. That's your beach sand. It's uh it's smooth to the touch. It parts. It, it doesn't really hold any pattern or, or shape, uh, but not that far underneath it. You know, one, two knuckles deep is uh, is that firm touch of the first wet sand. And now did lower down, the one kid that's already in the water is just kind of digging in a, what kind of is like a mud bog already or a sand bog, but... Then the kids, you start to even hear the scrape of the nails against the the first parts of the wet sand. And, and Aunt Sandy, I guess because it's her namesake, I didn't realize. Oh, what what dig? Oh, those sounds of digging. Oh, uh, look at the scooping. And 
and then everyone's digging a little bit differently. Like one kid is like doing a down, like a downward dog dig. I guess if you were looking for some cheap alliteration, uh, digging with two hands while standing on two feet. Uh, another kid is has their hand, you know, their head on their elbow, and is just digging gently with just a fingertips. And one young young youngster is like a doing a like a what do you call it like a scoop with one arm scoop and the hole is slowly getting deeper and deeper just the width of her arm and saying oh look at this look at this now when you reach water let me know because that's one of the most exciting parts of uh, digging holes in the sand and the kid of course in the water says i reached water and and aunt sandy just walks down and pats him on his head and she says very oh very good very good you keep up that digging and then uh, the next kid, not that far up from the beach, says, "Oh, I got, I got to water." And he's dug it. He was digging like a, I don't know, a, a bit like you'd say, like a, I don't know, I've never seen a marsupial dig a hole, but like a, a kind of a nice method, like a double finger, and he's got a nice, like a wide hole with the water seeping up from the bottom, further up. Uh, the one-armed hole digger, Aunt Sandy gets closer. She goes, "Oh, I love how your motion is not down, but it's a C shape." And 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 she says, "I've uh, Aunt Sandy, I've got I've got sand. I've reached sand uh, or water, water." And she says, "Oh yes, water, dear water." She says, "Children, I want you to think about the layers of sand and the different feel of the sand. Each each, uh, and then the other kids they start to yell till the last kid, all the way up." At the top of the beach line, says I, I haven't reached Aunt Sandy. I, I've just got wet rocks, and Aunt Sandy says, "Good, very good." Because now, children, we're going to transition from digging in the sand to using the sand that we've dug out. We're going to start to build some sand castles. We're going, but first we have to build consensus. You know, many people just. Build sandcastles haphazardly or, uh, you know, do it by, you know, uh, kind of social Darwinism. But we're going to do some consensus building before we do some sandcastle building. So who has uh, some opinions about the kids just kind of their jaws are slack. If Sandy says, well, what kind of sandcastles would you like to build children? And one of the kids says, you know, like a, a one that's like a real castle. And uh, Aunt Sandy says, okay, okay. And then she says, what are some other ways or some other ways you want to build a sandcastle or have? And a couple of the kids, one kid says, like the aerial sandcastle. And Aunt Sandy says, tell me more. And she says, well, when you hold the sand, it's wet and it kind of drips out of your hand and it's like wax almost. And Aunt Sandy goes, oh, yes, I could see how you could say that's like the Little Mermaid style. And a couple of other kids say, like, what if you just, you know, push sand and then, you know, decorate it? And Aunt Sandy goes, oh, like a like a beachcombing method. And they say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And... She says, okay, do we have any tools? And the, the child that has wanted the medieval style sandcastle says, oh, I have molds. Uh, and Nancy says, okay, go and fetch your molds. And what we'll do is 
we'll make all of these into one castle, starting with this wonderful, wonderful hole that Ryan down here dug, and and we, 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 we'll uh, build it right here close to the shore because there's lots of wet sand for the sand drizzling, and then further up is the more semi-wet solid sand for the Hollywood-style sand castles. And uh, she goes, okay, who, who's going to work on the Little Mermaid-style one? And the two kids that were kind of already interested in it say that. And who's going to help with the the for, the sand forms? Who's going to help your cousin uh, Daniel with that? And, and they say, oh, okay, I'll, I'll help with that. And so they start packing in the molds. And there's still one half of the kids left. She says, okay, who, who, who is saying, what, what would you decorate a castle with? Uh, and Miranda says, uh, you know, uh, uh, feathers. That's what I decorate the castle with. Uh, and, uh, Aunt Sandy says, well, what, what else would we decorate a candle, a ca- uh, castle with a sand castle? And uh, Lila, she says, uh, uh, decorated with sticks and stones. Uh, and she says, okay, the two of you start combing the beach for uh, for things for the castle. And so uh, she says, now, before you go, uh, there's limitations to how far you can go. Now, you could go all the way down to where that pine tree is, but not past there. And uh, you could go all the way back down to those big rocks, but not the really big rocks. So that's the area you're allowed to beachcomb. And and then Aunt Sandy says, before you go, uh, I got to tell you about, because, you know, I'm a great lover of your Aunt Sandy has combed so many beaches. It's one of my favorite pastimes. So, you know, Miranda, what do you think? Are you going to be on the shore side or the the high side looking for things? And she says, the high side, the high tide. And she says, oh, very good. And she says, "Uh, uh, what what else are you going to be looking for, children? And then they they say, well, tell us more, Aunt Sandy. It sounds like you really wanted to talk about your beachcombing experience. She said, oh, yeah, when I was a child, I would go up and down the beach. I love to collect... uh, the the fireworks after the after the Fourth of July the day after your aunt Sandy would walk all the way she would walk miles on the beach uh, collecting old fireworks because she just thought the pictures on them were so and then Miranda and Lila they were already gone so aunt Sandy sighed and said none of the kids wanted to hear about how I loved to walk the beach collecting and and all of the cool names that. Uh, that uh, the, the fireworks this year were just way too much to say, oh, come on. But they always had cool names. But this was, you know, this is a nostalgic fireworks, which are much different than real ones. And th- then uh, they went off and they set off and the children were working on the forms. It was uh, Ryan was digging a canal, actually, who said, oh, this is going to supply water to the uh to the center of the castle and uh, then it was uh, the boy's name was Joey D he was the one packing the sand and helping build the medieval style castle and uh, Sophia she was doing the drizzling of the sand on the uh, 
the, the little mermaid uh, side of things. And it was all going well, very well. But, the, you know, the, the, and the, even the kids that were working on, I mean, I've never successfully made a, like a sandcastle style sandcastle, but they had built a couple of walls with the, whatever the f- fancy things that, you know, you shoot arrows out of and stuff. Uh, but the sun now had to peeked over the trees and was casting its rays down on the sand. And, and just like the phases of the moon and other things, I don't understand the tide had started to come in too. And so the canal was starting to fill up and the center of the castle was starting to become one of those mud bogs. Uh, now the other kids had returned and they were putting in, uh, feathers sticking them in like they were flags but then the castle starts to crack which again is i don't know i don't understand how sand works but it's like oh the inside of this the outside of the castle is wet but then the inside is dry so then the walls crack and the children's attention started to crack too and so uh, sandy said okay okay uh, next uh, our next serving today oh wow what a what a day we're having here we've got great beach combing we've got great hole digging and uh just trying to think like you know your aunt sandy was thinking it would be a great day for bubble blowing and the kids go what about swimming what about swimming what about swimming and they were all covered in sand and so she said okay i guess it's time to go swimming she said so okay everybody go in and and once again she set the expectations you know don't go past here or here everybody buddy up uh Everybody had a buddy, and it, it was the water as they they started to wade in. It was crystal clear; you could see to the bottom. Now, this particular body of water, uh, Lake Terry, as it's known affectionately, uh, has rocks uh, up until you're knee deep. So. The kids were kind of struggling to get across the rocks. And Aunt Sandy said, you know, what I like to do is crawl across the rocks. Uh, like I'm uh, I'm doing the reverse. She goes, once uh, the earth was covered with a primordial swamp uh, or something like that, uh, it was all ocean. And then at some point it became land and, uh, you know, some kind of fish creature climbed, climbed out of the primordial ooze onto the land. And now I want you to think about being one of those and just saying, you know what? The water's way better. Let's just go back. I've had enough of this land. And the kids climbed like they were uh, whatever those tadpole creatures are that are famous for coming out of the primordial ooze. And they climbed until they got to the sand. And as soon as they got there, they started splashing and getting wet and... Aunt Sandy takes a while, you know, for an adult getting wet, it's not a, it's something you got to ease your way into. And so she said, don't splash me, please. Uh, and, uh, leave, you know, please leave me alone. Stay away from me. Uh, and eventually she held her breath and she dived under the water. And she used this famous method uh, that uh, is known around the world for getting adjusted to water temperatures uh, which you could try out for a free pro-am tip. It's called the mango method. And what you do is you, you jump into the water 
uh, or in this case, you dunk yourself and then you jump back out and then you dunk yourself again and then you jump back out. Then you dunk yourself again and then you jump back out until 30 times. Uh, you just up and down, up and down. Or if you're at a pool, you jump in the pool, you climb back out, you jump in. And at some point you reach a stasis where you could be in any temperature, reasonable temperature water. Meanwhile, like by the time Aunt Sandy was done with this, the kids were uh, getting, uh, you know, having uh, issues uh, with, uh, they said, Aunt Sandy, we need to play a game. We need to play a game. And they said, can we play Marco Polo? And Aunt Sandy said, no, there's no fair way to play Marco Polo. And I don't like the term Marco Polo. I don't know. But, but you know, you, we've got a wide range of kids. Uh, wouldn't be fair. And they said, can we play freeze tag or minnows in the freeze? And she said, no, I don't even know. Cause then you'll make up the rules and then you'll tell them to me. And then, and they, they say, well, can, what game can we play? And first Aunt Sandy said, you'll have fun in the water. And the kids say, boring. And so Aunt Sandy said, uh, oh, you know, there's a famous game I used to play called, uh, Frankenstein in the water. And the kids say, who's Frankenstein? And Aunt Sandy kind of shed a tear. And they said it was something about Monster High. And Aunt Sandy said, what's that? And the kids explained. And Aunt Sandy said, okay, well, Frankenstein, you probably still, there's got to be some sort of a collective memory of Frankenstein. And then Joey D, actually, he said, actually, uh, Aunt Sandy, it's Frankenstein's M-O-N-S-T-E, and, and Aunt Sandy said, okay, it's the sleep podcast, even though it's, yeah, she said, okay, I get it, but it, well, it's Frankenstein's shorthand. And the kid said, well, what the, is the game? And Aunt Sandy said, good question. It's, uh, you, you, you have to be in water between your uh, knees and your thighs. It can't ever go below your knees. And you have to walk with your legs straight and your arms straight. And you can, you have to walk as fast as you can like that. And the kid said, and then what? And, and then Aunt Sandy said, and then you have fun. And they, they said, well, what? and, and then she said, well, the, uh, um, hmm, well, I'll chase after all of you and see if I could catch you. And they said, well, that'd be easy for you. And they, and Sandy said, well, I mean, I, like, don't worry. So then the kids started walking around like they are Frankenstein. And then Aunt Sandy said, you're making a noise like uh, you're, you're, you're groaning. And so the kids were walking and groaning and Aunt Sandy was pretending to be, well, maybe pretending to be inept, maybe not chasing after the children, lost her mop wig and put it back on because I forgot she had a mop wig. And, uh, you know, that game kept the kids entertained for a few minutes. And then they said, can we play another game? Can we play another game? And Aunt Sandy said, well, let's play uh, uh, dolphins in the uh, water. And they, they, she, they said, what's that? And she said, just swim around like your dolphins. And she said, I'm not really good at thinking of water games, uh, but I, I do have a, v- a very, very fun contest. Uh, and she said, uh, she said, Dan, go, go into it. She goes, there's two buckets down uh, at the base of the stairs. I want you to go get two of those buckets. They're full of water balloons. 
And uh, Dan, he ran to the base of the stairs and he got the uh, buckets. They're full of water balloons and uh, he brought them out. And the nice thing is in the water, like uh, water balloons float in the water, may- maybe. I mean, I've never tested it out, but I'm just presuming. In this, in this, they did. Oh, they floated. So, like dreams float on the water, and the bucket floated to, to the side of Aunt Sandy, and the children watched, uh, ex- you know, with expectation that this would be super entertaining. And they said, what are we going to play? Water balloon toss? And Aunt Sandy said, kind of. We're going to play family water balloon toss, family and friends water balloon toss. And they said, how do you play that? And Aunt Sandy said, we all get in a circle and we put our arms around one another. And then I pick someone and they go to the center. And she said, uh, Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Uh, she goes, yeah, Ted, why don't, why don't you go in there? So she sent this. This was in the future. There's a young post toddler age child named Ted. And he went in there and uh, she said, now throw the water balloon up as high as you can, just straight up in the air. And Ted threw it up at first and he was just, you know, a little kid. So it just went up and they hit the water again. Now it didn't break. Uh, because uh, Aunt Sandy's a you know professional water balloon inflator, and picks she just knew what she was doing. So then she said, "Go and throw it again, but uh, throw it a little bit harder." And it went up in the air, and then it hit Aunt Sandy in the head, and all the kids laughed. And they said, "Who's next? Who's next?" So each kid took a chance, and they would stand in the middle, and they'd throw the water balloon up. And uh, since everyone had their arms around one another. Uh, you just have to wait and see, and it would just break over someone's head, but they were in the water, and it was warm, and the waves were starting to pick up uh, to that more gentle motion, that motion that, you know, if you really spend a lot of time in the water, like in a in a lake or an ocean, and you spend a few hours in there, that even after you get out of the water, the waves had that motion. A chair, uh, the only other thing I can equate it to is like being on a chairlift uh, where it stays with you hours after. But they were in that, throwing water balloons up and uh, water was crashing on one another's heads. And uh, yeah, they were la- yeah, it was fun. Uh, and then they had Sandy said, okay, let's play like regular water balloon toss for a while. And, and she set the kids into pairs and she said, okay, well, here's how, you know, she goes, uh, you just toss it and then you take a step back and you toss it and you take a step back. And the nice thing about doing that on water is that the balloon's less likely to break. So, you know, the kids, the kids enjoyed that, but you know, kids today, they, that's not flashy enough for them. So then, Aunt Sandy said, uh, you know, I don't really know a lot about... Uh, she goes, well, there was duels in Harry Potter, right? And the kids said, uh, they answered the correct answer. But she said, oh, of course there were. Like in the Harry Potter, you guys didn't read. There was the famous water balloon. Aguament- Where do you think they came up with the Aguamente spell? And so she said, okay, I want everybody to take a balloon. And you're going to go back to back. You're going to walk 10 paces. You're going to turn and you're going to throw the water balloons at each other. 
But this, you know, this wasn't Aunt Sandy's first trip to the beach. So then she, like, right as the kids were getting ready to go, she said, she said you know what would be a terrible idea? Is it like if instead of throwing the water balloons at one another, like as soon as Aunt Sandy was waiting for you to do that, you all threw the water balloons at her. That just don't do that, children. That would be terrible. And she said, oh, wait, I got to think about, I got to, I think I'll be right back. I have to think about something. So she turned and walked a few feet away and the children looked at one another like they were in on some big conspiracy. And they said, oh, like they nodded. And then Aunt Sandy returned. So, okay, I'm glad. I just wanted to check. I thought I saw like a clam or something that I knew. And she said, okay, well, I want everybody to get ready for their Aguamente duel uh, for the love of Hermione Granger. And uh, she said, everybody, back to back. Uh, and she said, on five. I'm, I'm going to close my eyes as I count down, too, she said. Uh, and she said, on four, on three. And Aunt Sandy's eyes were closed. And then the children looked at one another. And then on two, she got hit with one water balloon. And then, on, then like, they just all started coming. And all the kids laughed. Uh, and, like, the, you know, Aunt Sandy said, oh, you, you, you know, sometimes you got to humor, humor them. And some of the kids knew that Aunt Sandy was playing along. And she said, okay, it's, it's time to go in for the water. It's almost time for a second application of sunscreen, you know, just – we use the European NOAD method here. She said, okay, everybody come in. Uh, but really, Aunt Sandy was had detected a change in the water and a change in the sun. The children hadn't seen it yet, but somewhere not that far off, the humidity had sucked up so much water that a storm was brewing and, uh, it, you know, sometimes you could just feel it in the air. And uh, so Aunt Sandy, instead of being abrupt, said, OK, well, it's time to do some we're going to do some serious uh, rock collecting now. And uh, also, your Aunt Sandy's never skipped a rock before. So does anybody know anything about skipping rocks? And of course, all these kids knew everything. You know, they knew everything. Oh, yeah. So she said, OK, well, if you know, I want you to collect a lot of these good skipping rocks. Uh, and a couple of the kids, you, you know, they didn't want to say it, but they had that look. You know, they were younger or maybe they were like, you know, like me. They just never got the method of skipping rocks quite down. And so Aunt Sandy said, huh, well, if, you do, if you're not going to collect skipping rocks, I have a very important assignment for, for the rest of you. Uh, and a couple of kids said, oh, okay, what is it, Aunt Sandy? And she said, you know, this this beach, it has this line of rocks. Uh, and everybody says, uh, oh, yeah, it's all these all these rocks are gray. You know, they're just these gray rocks. And uh, they're wrong. You know, do, don't tell your parents this, but they're wrong. And Aunt Sandy said, I've made it my mission in life uh, there's there's not just gray rocks down here. There's a rock set of the shade of red. Uh, some you could call maroon. Some you might call purple. Or, or but there's red rocks down here. It's a subtle red. And one day your aunt Sandy wants to collect all the rocks on the beach that are red color and just put them in one place, just to mess with everybody else. Uh, it's just to just to see if it's possible. 
And the kids kind of patted Aunt Sandy, so they knew that Aunt Sandy was a bit different because, uh, you know, she's wearing a mop. And um, she, they said, okay, Aunt Sandy, we'll collect some of these red rocks. But there were these rocks. You might call them like, uh, I don't know what other color, you know, red, maybe a purple. And the kids started picking these rocks up. And Aunt Sandy said, yeah, put them in the pile over here. And the kids that had collected the skipping stone rocks started to uh, started to be a hubbub. And Aunt Sandy said, "No skipping rocks until your aunt's down at the water line." And she said, "Okay, everybody that's going to skip rocks, I want you to line up now." At this point, the weather changing had become undeniable. There was like a just a blackish, grayish streak on the horizon, and you could see the churning of the water and the f- frequency while the size of the waves hadn't changed. The frequency of the lapping against the shore had changed and the air just felt, uh, it did feel electric. It felt thicker. Uh, and Nancy and he said, I want you to all the line up. And uh, we're going to do some skipping. And they said, is Aunt Sandy, is a storm coming? And she said, uh, yeah, it is a storm's coming right now. And, uh, you know, this is our final serving of uh, uh, the uh, our, our story tonight. So uh, I want you to, everyone, I want you to, uh, when you skip a rock, you're going to say, rain, rain go away and then throw the rock. And then the uh, amount of time uh, the of the equivalent of the number of skips will be how long we have before it starts raining. It's a proven Aunt Sandy method. And the kids started skipping and the first kid went uh, and the rocks, Aunt Sandy's like, oh, there's 14 skips. That's really good. Those, and they said, no, it's 16 skips because the last two. And Aunt Sandy said, okay, 16 skips. And then the next kid went, a younger kid, and only skipped uh, three. And said, okay, three times, like 14. 16 plus three is 19. And then the next kid went, and it went 22. Aunt Sandy went, okay, like 19 plus 22 is like 50, 50. The kids were like, no. You say, yeah, okay. And then next, next, next. And the next kid went. It was nine. And Sandy said, okay, 59. And the kids kept going. And Aunt Sandy kept messing up the math. And then the other kids came from the collecting the red rocks. And, and then the thunder started. And you could see the line of rain getting closer. And Aunt Sandy said, okay, like, uh, it's time that we got to start cleaning the beach up. Uh, we got 98 seconds. And of course, this one kid, Joey D, he was very good at math. He said, Aunt Sandy is 131. And that's seconds. So we have two minutes and 11 seconds to clean the beach. And she said, great. And so they started cleaning up the beach and collecting the things. And you lied there in the sand and watched. And, and then, you, you you were like, how did I miss it? The water had gone from lapping to crashing. The waves were now crashing. And then the pitter-pattering of the rain on water. You could still hear it even though the waves were crashing. Maybe it was in between the crashing of the waves. 
And then the wind picked up and it started to sail and whistle between the leaves and the trees. And then it got even closer and the kids were getting collected and heading up the stairs and you'd almost not notice them heading off as then the sand around you started to separate as water droplets pinged in and splashed among you and you felt the air start to cool and release like there was this tension that was starting to melt away and you also could hear Beneath all the wind and the rain and the waves, you could hear the children and Aunt Sandy, and they were lined up at one of those outdoor showers, and Aunt Sandy was saying, dig, 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 and dig your nails into that soap, dig, 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 and you could almost smell the ivory or the Irish spring, whatever you know, non-European mass market soaps they had. Uh, and then you could hear the spray of the outdoor shower and you could start to hear a screen door banging open and closed. And you started to just close your eyes and to sink into that, to sink into the warmth of the sand around you and the coolness, uh, the sharpness of the air. And then the collective body of all of your sandmates, uh, comforting you and you were able to just take a storm in and, and let it drift by and then you can could still hear uh, I guess Aunt Sandy at that point broke character but you heard him talking about Connect Four and why don't they why don't we do readings from Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and then somebody's parents saying that's a terrible idea uh, and you started to drift off as a as a thing of sand and uh didn't and then uh you started to uh realize that uh a grain of sand has a multitude of experiences like one of the ones i think about is that a grain of sand gets to ride on bumblebee butts like uh, if a bumblebee lands in sand maybe it picks up some sand and it flies it around and also you're just saying bumblebee butts so everybody that's here that can hear me is going to just start to mumble bumblebee butts and say bumblebee butts. And we're going to start to wake back up with bumblebee butts are going to bring you back to the room, bring you back to this uh, uh, Phoenix and Alameda. You're going to say bumblebee butts, bumblebee butts as you uh, return and just, you know, when, when you're stressed, you could just say bumblebee butts. You could say like, you know, one time there was, and the, you know, bumblebees are the ones that I don't, they're, they're furry. Like uh, may, maybe the fur is nice when you're a grain of sand. Uh, so say bumblebee butts and then start to take your hands and you're going to do finger applause for yourselves. Um, uh, but also... Like this is uh, the 13th ep- show we've done here in this location. And so this is like a birthday party show for this. And so it wouldn't be a birthday party if I didn't have gifts. And so some of you have never been to a show. So I have some gifts for you. 
And then some of you have been to a multitude of shows and I have gifts for you. So I'm going to start off with new people. I started doing this live show like a year ago and I never I performed at like two podcast conventions and that was the only performance I've ever done in my life. And I, I was like, what am I getting myself into? And a couple of people offered me encouragement and just said, keep doing it. But then at these live shows, people kept coming back and we had a lot of help and I couldn't do it without any of that. Like I wouldn't have had, I would have like, if there wasn't familiar faces in the audience that come on a regular basis, that's like, the, that's like, uh, I just couldn't have done it without those of you and those of you that help. So, um, this, this is like, uh, so I, um, I'm, this is something I haven't done yet and I'm only doing it right now. You will be the only people that are in this. But so there's this artist that used to live in Alameda who moved to, to um, uh, Minneapolis and he's very well known for doing these doors that you might see around Alameda or Oakland or other cities. And they're like a door, a window and a, a welcome mat. And he usually works with other artists. Um, so I emailed him. I, I said, like, what if we did these things called, I said, I have this idea for a dream door because the podcast is really this interconnected thing and it's not possible without the people that support it. And so I'm going to, at, at some point with the podcast, like other people will be allowed into the dream door society. But for now, all of you are going to be the uh, founding members of the Dream Door Society. So um, I'll announce everyone's names, but let's just give everybody that's helped here and comes on a regular basis a huge round of applause. And so you could put these up in your house or you could put them up on the street. And uh, the idea is that it's like a doorway to, 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 I guess it could mean whatever you want it to. I don't want it. So Michael, thank you so much for all your help with all the shows in the back. And Leah, Michael and Leah have been here like since the beginning helping out. Oh, that's you. Yeah, Sophia. Okay, so Lauren, as this is Lauren's third show. Thank you so much for coming. And Julie has been to seven shows. And then Paul has been to nine shows. And... Uh, and, and yeah, yeah. I was like, I figured if some of you have probably been to like, and uh, Paul was even at a show where I think you were the, like, uh, where I was doing, I did a rehearsal show and you might have been the, the only, yeah, yeah. So I, I couldn't do it without all of you. So thank you all for coming out. Thanks everybody that came out tonight uh, for your first time. I did record the show.